Welcome to Board Game Doctors and Rosenblog number one. In this episode, the latest games from Uwe Rosenberg, why Big Country from Agricola is so good, and my top 10 heavy Uwe Rosenberg games. Hello everyone, and welcome to Board Game Doctors. My name is Phil, and I will be your Board Game Doctor today. So this marks the beginning of the Rosenblog, a show, a segment of the show all about Uwe Rosenberg, his games, and my experiences with them. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, uh, since basically, uh, <laughs> since I've really gotten into to board games, I not only enjoy talking and, and, you know, reminiscing about my experiences with board games, but in particular, I've just really enjoyed Uwe Rosenberg games, especially his heavy games. I love watching streams of Agricola. I love reading about strategy on Board Game Geek. I I don't consider myself a collector. Uh, not not in comparison, you know, to some of the collections, good collections out there. But if there is one thing that I will collect, it's it's Uwe Rosenberg games. And so I've decided that I'm throwing my hat into this particular ring. I'm going to dedicate a lot of time playing Uwe Rosenberg games, getting deep into the strategy and and what makes these games really good, and talk about them. I'm going to try to do it bi-weekly. Uh, we'll see. I want to continue doing shows with Jacob and 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 talking about you know board game topics and and reviews of other games. Uh, I still get to play a lot of other games thanks to Board Game Arena, and so I, I still want to give reviews, you know, first impressions as well as reviews after 10 plays, and so uh, that will continue to happen uh, from here on out. You know, if there's a new game from a new designer or what have you that catches my interest, you know, I still want to play it on online and, and give my thoughts about that as well, but I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to Rosenberg, and so whether you like it or not, we're going to do it. I want to talk about uh, news, strategy, thoughts, sessions that I've had, and then finally, you know, perhaps a topic of interest that surrounds Uwe Rosenberg or his games. And so in this beginning segment, I just want to, you know, catch up with all the news that has happened so far this year. I felt like there's been a lot of news in regards to his games recently. And so, you know, I actually recorded this segment about a month ago uh, when Agricola 15 and um, the CD deck console, Dirigen's deck expansion for Agricola came out. And I ran out of time to continue, you know, to polish up the episode. And uh, one thing led to another. We have, you know, so many new announcements. And, you know, I happened to just randomly look up you know, games on, on Board Game Geek and under Uwe Rosenberg's title and found that there were so many other titles that I've been missing, both in the recent past as well as this year. So to just to, you know, bring us up to speed with everything that has been coming out recently so far, first of all, Oranian Burger Canal. At the moment of this recording, it's still on GameFound. It will end this week. I backed it. I'm really excited for it. And it's slated to be, uh, I guess, sold, maybe released around Essen and then shipped out soon after this year. So 
and I already covered a, a podcast of my first impressions of my first few games of Oranian Burger Canal. And you can catch that on the channel. Another game that he came out with recently is Framework. This is an abstract tile laying game for one to four players. That is very similar to Nova Luna and, and Sagani. I believe it could be said that this is a the third uh, iteration of this tiling trilogy. Um, and so I don't have any way to play it right now. I think it has been released by Pegasus Spiel. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just in Europe and not here in America. So we'll see uh, when that comes out and, and available for me to play. And I can give my two cents on that. Once again, Agricola 15 and, uh, is, will be released at SN, which is a, a big box version of Agricola. Uh, it's got revised edition uh, cards as a base set in there with uh, new meeples and new minis and things like that, as well as a couple of the expansions. So uh, I, I believe it's um, Artifacts and Bobolkis, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Recently, Bonanza had a release, kind of a also mini big box version of it for its 25th anniversary. Um, so that is out there somewhere. Caverna, Cave vs. Cave big box edition will also be released this year, uh, including the two expansions that have come out after the base game. And that is one dual game that I haven't played yet that I really hope to get my hands on and try at some point. Another Caverna expansion is slated to come out this year as well, called Frantic Fiends. I'll go into that a little bit more in a different episode of what that is all about. And then finally, about a, a week, maybe a couple days ago, uh, just randomly on Board Game Geek, I got notice of another new game, heavier type game that Uwe is coming out with called Ottawa spelled A-T-I-W-A. Um, this game looks interesting. It, it looks different than his other designs as well. There was a, a guy, I don't know who Tony Boydell is, but he made a blog post where he said that he received um, the work-in-progress rulebook from Lookout Games with uh, for, for this game to look over the English translation of it. And he talked a little bit about what the game is about, the theme, and uh, some of the mechanisms that are in play. So just briefly, uh, I'll, I'll go over some of the features of this game. And uh, probably in a different episode, I'll, I'll go into what we can glean from the uh, rulebook pictures that are leaked about this game. Anyway, so Ariwa takes place in a little village scene, you know, in the Ottawa region of Ghana where it sounds like as the environment is struggling to to exist of the trees and the you know the forest is being taken over by mining and pollution a, a mayor and it sounds like this is a, a real um a real story but the mayor realized that fruit bats who are indigenous to the, that area they um during the day you know they sleep uh but then at night they um go out, roam for food, they look for fruit, they fly up to 50, 60 miles away from their habitat to go and find these, uh, you know, their food for the night. And as they're traveling to and fro, they leave their guano, their droppings everywhere. And the seeds of the fruit are contained within the excrement, and therefore natural fertilization occurs, 
and the forest begins to repopulate. And so this game is, sounds like it's a balance between um, profiting from the the mining and and you know the industrialization getting gold to also spend on resources that you need to be able to repopulate the forest and and find balance between a modern lifestyle as well as uh, protecting the environment so theme wise this is very interesting uh, looking at the pictures it looks like and and reading this blog post it sounds like this is a worker placement game where you and also a tableau builder or at least tableau manipulator where you have um, different spots on your tableau with tokens on them such as family tokens uh, food and uh, animals you have you know you have your bat meeples as well and you're basically you and you have three workers each round you're placing them on the board there's about i don't know uh, 20 or so spots on the board to and you use these these spaces to gather resources to gain uh, to acquire you know different lands there are individual land tiles that you can acquire for yourself where your bats can go and feed at night and then you also have location cards with villages where you can bring families into these villages train them to take care of these bats and so uh, you get points by by housing and nurturing these bats and giving a place for them to sleep during the day. And as your economy grows, you get you can turn these little settlements into towns, uh, villages and towns, and, and basically score points that way. So, you know, it's it doesn't have the, at least at first glance, the uh, one of the features that I love about Uwe Rosenberg games, which is lots of individualized uh, buildings or cards or tiles. Um, it, it's, it seems like the the variability will come in the uh, the the setup of the game with the different uh, tiles and and locations and terrains that come out during the game. Um, but and there is a feeding mechanism that is included as well. There isn't much elaboration on that, but that is included. And yeah, so it sounds like a tight worker placement game. Uh, it's it says it's for one to four players, thirty minutes per player. So, you know, roughly a, uh, a kind of a, a medium length game um, uh, that kind of hits the spot with Uwe Rosenberg games. Anyway, so yeah, this looks really interesting. I'll I'll go through my thoughts in a little bit more detail at another time, but uh, look forward to that sometime in the future uh, with a. The rulebook picture, you know, you know, they look pretty finalized and they look pretty good. So hopefully this will be soon, either this year or early next year. Looking forward to that. All right, let's move on to the strategy section of this uh, segment uh, of the show. So the fir the first thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, in, in, in this section is just just some thoughts on on different Uwe Rosenberg games and how and I, I just want to give highlight to certain strategies or certain cards that promote um, big strategies in games and this is a big card it's called Big Country from Agricola Revised Edition you can play this card and play this game on Board Game Arena and Big Country is it, it's interesting there are a lot of cards in Agricola both in the original and as well as the revised edition, where, you know, if you have a couple of different cards that have 
average effects, you can synergize them to create something very interesting, which adds to the replayability and fun of the game. But there are some cards that are really strong and create strategies in and of themselves where you adapt uh, to the card rather than the cards adapting to you and your situation. Big Country is definitely one of those cards. The card effect reads out as, for each complete round left to play, you immediately get one bonus point and two food. So, to maximize the amount of benefit that you get from this card, uh, you want to try to play it as early as possible. Uh, oh, and I should mention that the requirement to play this game, to play this card, is to have every spot on your farm filled. So, one, you know, major avenue of using this card and, and utilizing the benefit to its maximum is to gather as much wood as you can at the beginning of the game and to uh, build out some fences, you know, create, if you can create a, a large swath of pasture that covers a lot of spots, um, you know, usually it's hard to describe in a podcast, but if you can fiddle around with your fence and create three pastures that cover up a lot of space in addition to getting some plows out if you have some cards that will help you to get five fields out to get maximum points. Uh, you can you can accomplish this card and get a lot of points. You can get seven points and 14 food by round seven if you do this. And in addition to just having your two starting rooms of your house, uh, you don't need to expand. Now, that is the that that is the ideal strategy to be able to uh, you know gain the most benefit from this card but the thing that makes this card really good is that it's very flexible it can adapt to some of the other cards uh, or some of the other situations that other people may have as well uh, so you don't have to play it as early as you can you can you can experiment with it you can build three houses and you can modify how many fields or, or I guess if you want to maximize fields, you can modify how your fence and your pastures look. And perhaps play this a few rounds later, you're still getting quite a few points, maybe four or five points and a lot of food, eight to ten. You can also play this at the end of the game, because this rewards something that you're already trying to accomplish in the game. Agricola is all about diversifying, getting as much of each um, point... Uh, um, you know, generator as far as like the animal, different animals, the different food, having spots filled out in your farm as well as what you fill them out with, which is uh, houses, fields, and pastures. And so, if you're already if you already have cards that help you accomplish this naturally, you can play Big Country at the end of the game after you've filled out your farm for an extra couple of points and and some food, which can come in handy in the game. Uh, at that late point when things start to get tight. So there's amazing... Now, the benefits are are awesome, but the flexibility is amazing as well. becomes one of the more playable cards, and, and it always is a good idea to draft. Now, I want to go into some of the cards that you can combo with, and, and my point of reference is all of the cards that are available in Board Game Arena right now. That includes the base revised edition as well as the CD deck that was released uh, in uh, in Board Game Arena as well. So, um, the some of the cards that I feel like, 
<laughs> it's hard to say because a lot of cards can benefit and synergize with Big Country. Some cards that come to mind include benefiting you from creating a big pasture such as Manger, where depending on the size of the pastures that fill up your farm, you get straight up bonus points for that. You can also utilize the loom very well. Uh, if you create the, the pasture really early in the game, you have room for a lot of sheep. And if you take that sheep, you take an animal pair, it starts to grow. You can play the loom and get extra food and points from that as well. Some other thoughts may be, you know, maybe you're trying to build out uh, a lot of rooms in, you know, in your, in your house. Carpenter's parlor, sleeping corner uh, is great for, uh, in, you know, in case you need to um, get into the family growth queue um, whenever you can as you start to focus on trying to build out your farm rather than competing with other people to grow your family, you can play the sleeping corner uh, because you will want to get a lot of fields out and then if you can sow that grain, that's easy to do and you don't have to worry about that queue anymore. Caravan, which is a band card, also works very well with this strategy because you can stay, you can keep two houses or two rooms in your house, play the caravan and still have that uh, option to gain a third worker and have some more actions during the game, even earlier on. Cards that will help you to fence faster as well, or for cheaper, such as rammed clay, if you have you know access to a lot of clay, um, extra wood, small-scale farmer is great, you know, as, as long as you live in a wooden house, or um, wood barterer, uh, anything that will give you some extra wood in the game. Constable is a good card that is from the CD deck. That will... Um, you know, if you're trying to build out a lot of fields, uh, fences, stables, and everything, um, and have room for all the different types of uh, resources that you have in the game, then then you're set up to have constable, you know, work in your favor, and you can get some extra wood at the beginning of the game if you play it. Hedgekeeper. Uh, so a lot of those cards, any plows as well, is very very useful earlier on in the game to get those those fields out. Um, which is crucial to be able to fill out your farm and have enough to gain those points from fields as well. So as you can see, anything, you know, any cards that will allow you to get grain easily uh, or vegetables or even animals, um, they're, you know, that kind of describes a lot of the cards in the game anyway. And so um, Big Country is very easy. I, I suggest, you know, new players, if you are playing uh, with these, uh, the cards after you've gotten used to, the game itself and you want to dive into the strategy big country is a great card to to have to help you not only be competitive with maybe more experienced players but also to help you strategize and find efficient ways to use the other cards in your hand to get your farm filled out as fast as possible so you can reap the benefits of this card so big country is one that you should draft um, even experienced players will draft them whether they want to play it or not, that's up to them. But um, yeah, give it a try. And that is Big Country from Agricola. Finally, I think there is no better way to begin this new segment of the show than to talk about my top 10 Uwe Rosenberg games. So some caveats and honorable mentions before I get into it. Uh, some of the smaller, quote unquote, smaller games, more family weight games are not going to be on this list. As I tend to gravitate towards the medium-heavy uh, games uh, in general, 
Ube does have a lot of variety in his types of games, and so I most likely, when I get the chance to play those smaller games first, as I've been really focused on playing his heavier games and getting reps in for those, I think I will um, perhaps make another list of my favorite smaller, more family-weight uh, Uwe Rosenberg games. Um, you know, I've had the chance to play a few of them. New York Zoo, the two-player um, versions of these bigger games, such as All Creatures Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small, um, La Havre, Inland Port. <clears throat> Some of these games I've just barely gotten to try and, and be interested in, and I'm loving them. Bonanza is a classic. And so I want to give them their, their due, you know, the the time that they deserve to to be played and 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 thought about um but i haven't played some of the smaller games such as and you know this is all in quotes you know in comparison to his heavier games but like nova luna sagani i haven't played those yet some of his older titles mama mia um bargain hunter you know these games that are just pre bonanza basically or or just after and pre agricola the Polyomino trio, trio I haven't played. I haven't played Cottage Garden or Spring Meadow, Indian Summer. So, um, yeah, once I do have the time to get into those and the opportunity to play those, then um, I can talk about those in the future. But um, in addition, some of the heavier games that I have played that won't be on this list, you know, they if they're just they're probably just sitting outside of this list just because I haven't played them enough to formulate a solid opinion about them. But that includes, of course, his newest title, Oranian Burger Canal, which I have I do have a couple of plays in. Really enjoy it. I can definitely see it on my top 10 list. Aura at Labora, I just acquired, and I'm starting to learn and play you know, a little bit more. Mercator, finally found it on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, I was hoping someone would put it up there. And so I finally got the chance to, to try it out last week, actually. It was a lot of fun. So these bigger games do have the opportunity to to be on the list. Um, Rake Holt will not will not be on this list. Um, and so patchwork. We'll start with my number ten is patchwork, and this is a very recent addition. I I have a friend who, um, you know, I, I played patchwork once or twice in board game arena. Thought it was okay. You know, I I I didn't get it. But then I had this friend who started playing it and and said, "Oh, you know, we got to play this more." And so I, I, I jumped on board. And you know, what's another game on your list of asynchronous games on Board Game Arena, right? Um, and so I, I gave it more time and more thought, and I just loved it. I loved the the puzzle and the tension between, you know, what am I, what tile am I picking? Do I have enough resources to pick some of these tiles in front of me? versus some of the tiles that I know I will have a chance at in the future. You can see the cascade of tiles coming, and so you want to be prepared to be able to, to buy the right tile. But what do I leave for my opponent to, to grab? How much time am I willing to spend on getting these these tiles? How, much, how many buttons do, can I get in order to establish a good income? And then finally, it's the actual polyomino puzzle itself figuring out where to place these these puzzles in the first place the you, you have like so many different um things going around and, and and plates to balance you know that this smaller game which seemed very light at the beginning all of a sudden became very complex to me because of the scoring 
I was just amazed on how badly I could score and, and, and score in the negatives. I've definitely scored negative points more often than positive. And sure, you know, it may be random how all the tiles are set up, but I think since you do have access and 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 a visualization of what tiles are coming, there is a lot of opportunity for deep strategy in this easy to learn, um, hard to master game, I think. I, I think there is an opportunity to master it. And um, it, it's very similar to Azul in that way. Very easy to learn, but um, it could take some time to really look at what's available, come up with the best solution, um, plan a few moves ahead, and you can become good at this game. And so uh, for, for a lighter game, that just hit the spot for me, and I've really started to appreciate it a lot more. And so that's why it finally hit my list at number 10. Number nine for me is Caverna, the cave farmers. I like Caverna. I like, obviously, the the mechanism, uh, worker placement, feeding your workers. It, the DNA it, it shares with no no surprise with one of my favorite games, which is Agricola. And so the reason that it's not as um, high on my list, you know, despite the the new things that it adds, where you know it relieves the tension a little bit. It, it gives you a different feel where you can gain points and become the, you know, the pig baron or the, um, the vegetable master and get as many points as you can from that. You know, that, that's a very interesting puzzle and, and, you know, creates a different feeling and, and situation compared to Agricola while maintaining the, the same DNA. Um, I like the adventuring aspect to it. I like the expansion. I have Forgotten Folks, where it introduces asymmetric powers. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of, you know, goodness in this game, but, you know, you have to compare it to Agricola, and I like Agricola more because it does not only contain this, you know, tight worker placement um, situation, but the the tightness of the decisions that you make in Agricola are just so much sweeter. Um, and, and the more agonizing I feel, the, the better the, the feeling you get after you kind of solve a puzzle and, and figure out a solution to this tight situation that you're in versus Caverna where it's, it's like, you know, you can make different decisions, you can pursue different paths, but ultimately does it make that much difference? I don't know. It, it becomes more of a point salad type of game where it kind of feels like the decisions don't matter. In addition to that, the the static uh, setup of the game, where you just have the same tiles, you know, even though there are so many um, avenues and different options and selections that you have from these tiles, there are just so many of them, I know I can, you know, get into this game a lot more if it was more available online, for example. If it does get onto Board Game Arena, I'm definitely playing it more to explore these different tiles, thus creating, you know... It, it's more chess-like where the the game is set, everything is basically the same, and you're playing chess with your opponents. And so, you know, there there is a um a, a place for that in in what I like in a you know Uwe Rosenberg games, but just knowing that kind of holds me back from uh, the comparison with Agricola, where every game is going to feel different. So anyway, Caverna comes in at number nine. At the Gates of Lo Yang com comes in at eight. I like this game. I like the how unique it feels compared to some of the other games. Even though you you know it, it takes growing 
vegetables and food. It just expounds on that mechanism that is apparent in Agricola. The card play is very unique and different, especially the solo game. And and that there's, you know, there's slight tension on what cards you want to grab, what cards you're willing to let go away. Um, it actually is very, it, it's reminiscent. I've I mentioned this before in the other podcast, but Oranian Burger Canal's solo mode kind of reminds me of At the Gates of Luoyang as well. But um, I really like the tight scoring track. I like the bidding system when you're playing multiplayer to get cards and to kind of maybe bluff your way into grabbing as many cards as you can that you want to utilize. And I like the action system that is in place. You're, you're kind of given free range. You know, these are like the eight actions that you can take on a turn. Do them in any order and as many times as you can and please and just figure it out, you know. And and so it's it's a very fun game. I enjoy playing it. You can play it online on Yukata and, and, and get some reps in there too. So uh, I'm starting to play this a little bit more because of that and, and just trying to figure this one out and see how it plays at a higher level. Right now it feels very much more like a, an easygoing type of game with even though it's very tight with the scoring um it's still it feels a little bit more breezy um but that may change with with uh, repeated plays <clears throat> next for number 7 is Hollertown uh this is Uwe Rosenberg's latest uh release back in 2020 before this year and it's a farming game and I love the theme of course um, it, it does feel different than his other games as well because you do have so, <clears throat> so many cards in so many different types of decks and you can mix and match a lot of these and I, I believe you can get, if you were to play each combination of, of decks that you can combine, you can get 16 plays out of this easily uh, if you're just to play it once and then you can go back and play them again. Um, thinking about the solo uh, version uh, multiplayer, of course, introduces a lot more variables, and it's just really cool and really fun to create these combos while you're trying to solve the puzzle of uh, and math. I, I kind of like the mathing in this game. It it feels comforting and relaxing to think, okay, I need this many barley, this many um, flax, and, and and so on to be able to move the community center so many spots and and the the building so many spots in each turn. But in addition, I have these cards that I want to play, and they give me more cards if I play them. How am I going to figure both of them out together? And that's a rich experience, and I've I've really enjoyed the experiences every time. However, playing it solo, even though I've played with different decks, and it's gotten, you know, quote-unquote harder and more advanced with these, like the, um, the not the stable decks, but the uh, gateway decks, Still kind of getting the same score, um, and I'm, I'm I, I think I've been able to solve the puzzle for the most part, and so it's it's fun to return to, but it's kind of dropped in my my estimation in comparison with some of his other games because it's starting to feel a little repetitive, and so you know I'm I still have some other decks I'm trying to play them in progression, and maybe once I get to the harder decks maybe the uh, difficulty will increase. And I'll I'll have new avenues to explore in this game. But for now, Hollertal, you know, is still a fun game that I love to come back to. It doesn't give me that competitive vibe that, you know, Agricola would give or Lahav, but um it's still a, still an amazing game. <clears throat> Next, number six is Fields of Arla. Now, 
it comes in at number six. You know, I, I consider <laughs> the the big three uh, out of Uwe Rosenberg's games. You've got Fields of Arla, Caverna, and Feast for Odin, which are more sandboxy, you know, literally bigger box games where uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity, lots of, you know, different uh, pathways that you can take in the game. <clears throat> and with kind of little, you know, very little bit of, of, of setup variability. Fields of Arla is is this in a nutshell. It's a farming game for two players. If you get the expansion, which I haven't played, you can play up to three. But there's not a lot of variability in the buildings that are available to buy. It's very similar to Caverna, except with a little bit you know more variability. There's probably, um, I don't know how many buildings left over after you set up the game, but uh, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically static. And so the, the complexity of this game is not only just the rules, but which, you know, figuring out which types of strategies you're going to have in this game. Are you going to focus on animals? Are you going to focus on traveling? Are you going to focus on the, you know, upgrading your, um, master worker, you know, your workbench, uh, things and, and utilizing that, for me, it's it's still high up in the in the list in comparison with others because there's so much to explore still. I'm still enjoying the plays that I have with it. It's on Yukata right now. But I can see, you know, after a while, after I've kind of explored different ways to to play this game, maybe it will start to become a little bit more repetitive for me. So right now it just kind of sits in the middle of this list. It could go up or down depending on how my experience is play out with continued uh, reps. Number five is Lahav. Now, Lahav wouldn't be this high on the list unless I hadn't, you know, acquired the game myself in person, played it solo, really learned the rules, and then started playing it multiplayer with the app online. Hopefully one day this comes on Board Game Arena. It, it, it will definitely uh, merit a lot of plays there, but I... I really enjoy this game. It's It's been going up the list for me. There's a lot of depth to, if you do play with more players, there are a lot more cards to to keep track of. It's it's going to be a tighter game, especially at first. <clears throat> the, the feeding is just really tough to do, and I love the game flow. With my experiences solo, where it does feel really tight at the beginning, but it progresses to, to resource a resource-rich situation where all of a sudden you're acquiring these buildings, you're utilizing them. Oh, you know, I, I can ship all of these goods that I've acquired and gain so many points. And it's it's really cool how it fans out into this this situation where a couple turns back, you were struggling and taking loans to feed yourself. So that that is multiplied with, with more players in the game. The solo mode does feel a little bit more repetitive to me just because of the limitations of buildings that you have available at the beginning, you and 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 so very few special buildings that come out in the game. Um, I feel like there's just not enough there. In, and this is my, you know, inexperienced opinion, only having played it 10 or 11 times. I, I, I just don't feel like at solo or even two players, there's not enough opportunity to make the game feel different every time. You know, it, it's just basically adapting to what buildings you already know and and playing the player which does have its place and so i think i think there is some fun to that and 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 it's more interactive than 
it's, you know, it, it seems at first for this dry, you know, resource conversion euro. And so that's why it's right there in the middle of my list. I'm really enjoying it. I'm starting to understand it more now that I know the rules better. <laughs> this is the hardest game for me to learn out of all of his games. But um, I think it's been well worth it and it's still going up. Number four is Noosefjord. Now, Noosefjord is is a really, I think it's a distillation and a, and a um, almost, you know, worker placement perfection. The I think there's just barely enough worker placement spots to make it really tight. And there's a lot of variability with the buildings that come out um, in each deck. And so your it, it takes everything that I love about like Agricola and and creates it with this different theme and displays it in a different light that makes it feel different. And I just really enjoy coming back to it. I've I've only played it multiplayer once, and that was a really fun experience. Um, so I hope to be able to do that more often. But the solo mode is really good. I love the campaign where you can challenge yourself to play back to back and really go through these decks and understand them, which is also utilized in Oranian Burger Canal for the solo campaign there. But I, I just love the system um, and adding a little bit of spice to beat your own score, uh, which is prevalent in Rosenberg games, which I, I like. And so uh, this is, just, and it's relatively quick too for such a tight worker placement game. So um, for that reason, it's sitting at number four. Number three, though, is Glass Road. Glass Road is a very unique game. It stands out uh, among his other titles. One, for me, you know, it really, the the resource wheel, even though it was used in Oret Labora first, um, I think, I forget, I think it was uh, after um, Glass Road, where, or maybe before, but, but, you know, the puzzle of collecting your resources, but then automatically having to convert them to upgraded goods, oh, that, that, that puzzle is just so enriching, but then also trying to figure out how to build these building tiles and and, and place them onto your board in such a short amount of time. This is the quickest heavy game yet and uh, out of his collection. Uh, all on top of the really cool mechanism of playing occupation cards from your hand, having your opponents ha having similar decks, and then, you know, if you're, you're almost trying to play the players here as well, you're, you're lifting your eyes up and, and looking across the board to seeing, you know, I think once you get to really understand the game and the mechanisms then you're then you're really going to find that interaction where okay i see that they're going for this maybe they're going to play this card i i'm going to try to play this card as well and or or avoid doing that so i you know i can utilize both benefits on a certain card there's just so much strategy and it goes by so quick i really appreciate the the tightness and the crunchiness that is compacted into this small, uh, quick game. And so I can easily see this being played so many times just because there's so many different buildings too. Um, I love the reprint that came out with, with all the promos and um, this game is just amazing. Number two is A Feast for Odin. Of course, A Feast for Odin is his best game right now. According to Board Game Geek, there's not, you know, <coughs> it feels like even though this game looks like it's a sandbox with 60 different you know, action selections, um, worker placement spots in the game, 
it actually feels very tight because some of the spots are a lot better than others. And so I love the it's it's very chess like where you've got certain openings, certain midpoints and the you know strategies that you can utilize in the game, mid game and and how you end the game as well. You've got um lots of debates and lots of articles online about how to play this game and it feels like chess, you know, thematic chess basically. Um but you it, it, it there's just so much to this game. You've got the polyomino puzzle that Patrick was derived from. It came from A Feast for Odin. Not only are you trying to figure that out, you're trying to figure out the worker placement aspect. You've got so many different occupation cards. And yes, while they do come out a little bit more randomly, I I think it'd be very interesting to play this game similar to Agricola, where you start off with so many occupations and then find, you know, figure out a strategy from there or draft those cards. But I, you know, there's just so much to explore. And so that uh, automatically gives it, you know, so much time to invest to be able to not not only understand the game and the different strategies, but to then to get good at it. Um, there's just so much to offer from this game. And so it has to be so high on my my list. And it, it really helps that I've been able to play multiplayer on Board Game Arena. So the solo game is great, of course. Blocking yourself, that's just really cool. I love this game, but not as much as my number one game, which is Agricola. I this is a sentimental pick. You know, I uh, in 2020, I downloaded the app for for the phone. It was the old version, the 2007 version. It was a tough teach for me, too. It was the second hardest game for for Rosenberg games for me to learn. But once I understood it, you know, I was drawn in by the theme. First of all, I love the relaxing farming theme it reminds me of the good old days when i used to play harvest moon on the gamecube you know and so it's it's very sentimental in that and nostalgic nostalgic but at the same time you've got this really relaxing theme juxtapositioned with the tight worker placement and feeding your family and struggle to get as many points as you can Um, it's called misery farm for a reason and so it's it's a puzzle that is difficult to solve and hard to master and therefore merits a lot of repeated play but what keeps me coming back to it is the card play it this is like a you know a dry resource you know economic euro that meets a collectible card game (laughs) where you draft you know if you're playing by the accepted tournament rules you're drafting these cards once you start to understand them and you're formulating a different strategy to take your journey to getting the same, you know, farm laid out, um, oftentimes it, it becomes a journey that is so full of ups and downs, depending on what cards you have to begin with and what your other uh, opponents do. And, you know, so it not only offers that strategic pre-planning and, uh, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to try to accomplish this game, but then all of a sudden, you know, you have to keep track. If you're drafting these cards, you kind of have an idea of what the other players have. And so you're planning around that, but then they do something that wasn't expected or you were expecting. They're, they're blocking certain spots from you, and so you have to reroute. You know, you have to pick and choose. You have agonizing decisions every time. Um, and so it's not as easy as just, okay, these are the cards that I have, and I'm going to just roll with it, and it's going to be easy. Sometimes it is, you know, depending on how good everyone is, you know, there's just nothing you can do sometimes, but I feel like that's rare. It always feels different. It always feels tense. And it's so rewarding when you do pull off a good combo or even a win. 
even when I lose, I love, you know, looking at what I was able to accomplish and thinking about all the cool plays that I made, learning from other people as well, since there are so many players, uh, experienced players of this game since it's been out for, you know, 15 years. Um, the community is is very competitive. Uh, people stream this game. People play tournaments. It's, you know, it's the kind of scene that I love, and it's the closest that I'm going to get to a lifestyle game. Um, I do want to play other Rosenberg games. I do want to play other board games in general, both heavy and light. But there's a special place in my heart for Agricola, and I, I won't stop playing this game. I, I do not see myself um, giving up on this game. Um, I'm always going to have a game, at least one, you know, playing on Board Game Arena, um, as even after 100 plays, I'm 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 gonna get there soon, and I'm just gonna keep on playing because there's so much to learn, and and so much fun to have uh, had in this game. So that is my top 10 list of all of my favorite heavy Ube Rosenberg games, and I, I thank you for sticking around. Uh, hope this was enlightening and and entertaining, and if you're a, a you know, like-minded like me and just love Rosenberg games. I can't wait to sit down and talk with you again on the next Rosenblog segment of this show. And um, as always, feel free to reach out. And with that, you know, my name is Phil. Uh, I was your uh, board game doctor today. Please schedule another appointment with us very soon. And you have a great day. Take care.